0: We're going to read uh, verses um, 24 and 25. And we'll, we'll stand to read these two verses. By faith... Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Amen. Dear Lords we are by before thee. Again tonight, Lord, we cast our, our lives at thy feet. We praise you, Lord, that you are everything. You are the king of glory. And God, we just pray, Lord, have your way in this room here tonight. We pray, Lord, O God, for a real deep consciousness of thy presence amongst us. Let the weight of thy glory, Lord, descend in this room. And O God, we just pray, God, touch all our hearts, Lord. God, we just pray, Lord, have your way in our lives. O God, Lord, undertake for us and bless us and revive us and undertake for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, There's a period of time we've been uh, sort of looking at uh, Hebrews 11 and we've been looking at different men and women of faith in this chapter. And a number of weeks ago, we are looking at Jacobad, Moses' mother. This woman that laid a great foundation in Moses' life. And this woman, she taught Moses when he was a child that about the things of God, about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and about the promises that God gave Abraham. And there was a day coming that God was going to visit his people in Egypt and was going to deliver them out of the land of Egypt. And we're going to, we're left moses and the desert the last the last night and moses he was 40 years in the desert and his job was just looking after a few sheep for his for his father-in-law they weren't even his own The man that he used to be a prince in Egypt. The man that that done so much in Egypt when he was there, and now he was in God's school. He was in the, he was in the desert, just looking after just a few sheep. And we believe that as Moses was spending Many days and many nights, out right there in the desert, he would have been meditating on what his mother taught him, how his mother taught him about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and and all these men of God, and this desert place, it was Moses' home address. It was there, I calculated it out, it was there fourteen thousand six hundred and ten days. And it was God's school. But you know, there come a day, there come a certain day, there come an extraordinary day that this desert place, it became a divine place. If you have your Bibles, if you turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we see between verses 2 and 4 what Moses saw. It says here, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, And behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. That's what Moses saw. And then we read from verses 5 to verses 10. What Moses heard. And we'll just read the first two or three verses, chapter five, or verse five of chapter three. And he said, This is God speaking. Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is, is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. We're seeing these from verses 5 to 10, what Moses heard. And then in, in chapter 4, and verses 17 and 18, is what Moses did. And thou shalt take this rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father in law. And said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said unto Moses, Go in peace. That's what Moses did. Now, this is a remarkable thing. <clears throat> Moses tried to escape the divine call of God in his life. And he gave five reasons why. If we look at Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11, we see here Moses is saying, I'm a nobody. He says, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses is saying here, He says, I'm a nobody. But you know, the Lord Jesus, nobody's. Hallelujah. We can see here, And chapter 3 and verse 13, we see here that about Moses, he says here, I don't know your name. We read here, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and they shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, And they shall say to me, What is his name? And then he says this, What shall I say unto them? If we go to chapter 4 and verse 1, he's saying here, The elders won't believe me. It says here, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they shall say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. We can read in chapter four and verse 10. I'm not a fluent speaker. It says here, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither therefore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. For I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. I'm not a fluent speaker. And then it says here, And verse in chapter four and verse thirteen it says, Send somebody else. It says here, and he said, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him, whom thou wilt send. We see here. <clears throat> that Moses, he felt he couldn't do the job. But you know, he'd done a mighty job. He was a mighty man of faith. I believe whenever Moses was there in them 40 years in the wilderness, there was a cry from his heart, Oh God, oh that Thou would visit the, and thy people once more. Oh, that that they would come down and deliver them out of the slavery that they're in, out of the bondage that they're in, and set them wonderfully free. We can go on till chapter 4 and verse 29. He's now back in Egypt, and they've gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel, And we see in verse 31, And the people believed when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he looked upon their affliction, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. And then we see here, in chapter 5, So we're going into Pharaoh, and Pharaoh, at this particular stage, he was a very powerful leader in his day. He never lost a game to anyone. But Pharaoh was about to play his last game. The table was going to be cleared by divine judgment. The the opponent, no one can overcome because God is in supreme power. The Lord is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. If we go to chapter 6, it's interesting here, these first eight verses of chapter 6, the Lord is speaking. And the Lord is speaking to Moses. And as we read these eight verses, I want to emphasize in the word I, in these first eight verses. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now thou shalt see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. I, and I have established my covenant with them, to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will make you to be a for a people, and I will be to you a god, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you in unto the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord." We see here these mighty promises and these mighty assurances that the Lord has given Moses what he's going to do. We we'll read in chapter 7 and verses 10 to 12. We we'll see here Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh, and they did so as the Lord had commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a servant. Now Pharaoh, the um, in his headdress, there was, on the top of his headdress, there was a snake, and that snake spoke of the authority that Pharaoh had. And we see here that, in verse 11, then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. And they did in like manner with their enchantments. You know, the devil always likes to copy, to try and copy. And this is what the, the, the devil's trying to do here. But we see here, and they cast down every man his rod, and they became servants. But then we'll read this here. There's a but. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. You know, Pharaoh, he just lost his first round. We can go on to chapter 7 and verse 20. And it says here, and and more about the, um, well, maybe uh, read verse 19. And the Lord spake unto Moses, and say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt and upon their streams, and upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, that they may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. And read in verse 20 that they did so. And this all happened. Now, if we turn back to Exodus chapter 1 and verse 22, it tells us that Moses charged all his people, saying, that every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter... He shall save a life. You know, for years, there were the Egyptians were thrown the, the baby Jew children, the boys, into this river Nile. But you know, there come a payday. There come the day that God came in judgment, and God turned all the rivers. And ponds and everything into blood. And the scripture tells us that them rivers and everything, there were blood for seven days. We can go on to chapter 8 and verse 3. And this is the frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house and into thy bedchamber and upon thy bed and into thy house of thy servants and upon thy people, into thy people, and thy servants and upon thy people and unto thy ovens. And into thy kneeling throats. Now, history tells us that the Egyptians they worship these these frogs. And at that particular time, if you had happened to and to have a frog and killed it, you'd have got the death penalty. I was saying the end of story. That's what. That's how much they thought of these frogs. And we see here that, that God just, just made these frogs just up everywhere. Even Pharaoh had to go to bed with them in his bedchamber. And we see here in verse 8, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord, that he may take away the frogs from me. They couldn't do nothing with the frogs because they, they worshiped them. But they had, they had to call upon Moses and Aaron to take, take away the frogs. We can um, we can see here the, the lice Um, the, um, The lice in verse 16, it says here, and the Lord said unto Moses, say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Now we see here there was no warning. You know before this, Pharaoh and his people, they got warning. But this time there was no warning. You know it's sometimes for the sinner, you know there's no warning. They need to get things right before it's forever too late and then we we'll read about the lice that the, the anima the magicians in verse 19 uh they were able to say unto pharaoh this is the finger of god and pharaoh pharaoh's heart was hardened and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. What does it mean to harden your heart? It means to see clear evidence of the hand of God at work and still refuse. It's not. Having only fear of the Lord or His judgments, hard-hearted people say, "Who is the Lord that we should obey His voice?" Read in verse twenty-four of uh, chapter eight. And the Lord did so. And there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh, and into his servants' houses, and into all the land of Egypt. And the land was corrupt by reason of the swarm of flies. We see here about the flies we read from verse 25 to 28 pharaoh he wanted to do a deal with moses he wanted to some way try and make a deal and that there be no more plagues but you know there's no deals with god it's all or nothing We can go down. We can sort of skip to and see the plagues. And we'll go to chapter 10 and verse 4. Else if they refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring the locusts into thy coast, and they shall cover the face of the earth that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of the which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail, and shall eat every tree, which groweth for you out of the field. A locust can eat a sole weight, every day they say that i sort of was trying to do a bit of research on this but they say that they can buy up to and even over a hundred million locusts and a square mile could you imagine if there was A whole lot of square miles, and them logos Satan don't belong. Clearing a filler too, Ronnie. And then we'll see the darkness. And then we'll read. And chapter twelve. And. Uh, 29 And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle we see here God kept his promise the people of God they started to make their way to march out of Egypt boldly as the Egyptian people buried their dead Hebrews 11 reminds us that Moses accomplished all this by faith in the living God. They came now to the Red Sea. We'll turn over to chapter 14. And verse 13. And Moses is saying here, he's saying unto the people, fear ye not. Do you know fear Fear paralyzes? But Moses is telling the people, he says, fear ye not. Stand still. Moses is saying here, he says, just wait in the stillness of the Lord. And in in, in verse 14, it says here, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And you know, as there was a stillness in among them, two million people, God started to move. And you know, the sea opened up. And the children of Israel, they walked out of Egypt and dry land. But it doesn't stop there. We'll read in chapter fifteen that there was a song. There was a new song. Do you know? I'm not a good singer, but I love the singing. <laughs> and we'll just we'll just read two or three verses of chapter fifteen. <clears throat> um, verse three. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. For Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. The right hand of the Lord is become glorious on power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thy excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them a stubble. And with a blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together, the floods stood upright as in a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Then I may I will pursue i will overtake i will divide the spoil my lust shall be satisfied unto them i will draw my sword my hand shall destroy them thou didst blow with thy wind and the sea covered them they sank as lead and the mighty waters. Amen. Amen.